This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy. I'm joined by my co-host, Justin Watson, and we are fresh off of Fight Week. It was Valor 64. It went down to the Saudi Daisy Wrestling Arena. And man, it was a hot one. That is, uh, I mean that on, on a few different levels. It was uh, an electric show. Uh, fights really delivered. It was really one of those nights where like the action just kept intensifying and, and kind of like building, and, and that's what you like. Uh, but it was also like really freaking hot in the building. Uh, Justin was sitting next to me the entire evening, and uh, man, it was uh, it was sweltering in there, man. And uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that uh, that can see. If you watch the video, you'll see everybody is sitting in the stands, like fanning themselves because there's like no air conditioning in this bitch. But uh, it, it was for a good cause. We're raising money for the Saudi Daisy Wrestling Program, and uh, they're aware that their facility there needs some improvement. So hopefully, we can donate to that cause and uh great turnout it was packed you know uh couldn't put many more people in there at all uh the, justin you think uh, those kind of conditions kind of lend to the action in the cage because it felt to me like they were starting to, they were starting to get like frenzied about halfway through yeah i mean you know you definitely definitely put some a fire underneath you want to get in there and get out as, as quick as possible you don't want to you know stay in there too long you're going to be gassed real fast in, in that those kind of conditions but I mean, who, who the fuck would think that, you know, end of September, it's going to be 98 degrees at 7 o'clock in the afternoon? That wasn't expected. <laughs> that wasn't expected. Crazy. I mean, and it's like hotter today. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's nuts, man. It's been, since I've gotten home, it's been at least 95 every day. Yeah, it's, it's, it is insane. Is it maybe like global warming or something? Is that what <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do, if we can really dispute that at this point. <laughs> What's going on here? Anyway, that's a whole nother show. Uh, we won't delve into things that we don't know shit about. So uh, we'll, we'll stay in the realm of things that we like kind of know a little bit of shit about, but probably not as much as we act like. Uh, that's MMA. So uh, let's, uh, before we jump into uh, the the recap, we, of course, this is com- coming off of Fight Week. It is Recap and Reactions show. As That'll be our main segment for the Valor cards. So we're going to relive that whole thing. But before then, uh, we have uh, got a little bit of keeping up to do. We've got uh, a couple cards to recap here that went down this past weekend. Uh, it was uh, Bellator 228, and it was UFC on ESPN plus number 18, uh, Hermanson versus Cannoneer. So let's uh, let's start with this Bellator 228 card. Of course, on the undercard, our uh, we had uh, Shannon Goffrey go out there, and she took on Ava Knight. Uh, world champion pro boxer. Um, you know, it was her Bellator debut for both ladies. It was the MMA debut altogether of Ava Knight, and uh, she got it done. You know, uh, it was a back and forth fight early, but ultimately, uh, Shannon uh, elected to engage in that striking battle late and ended up uh, getting dropped there um, with a, a TKO in the third round. But uh, a good showing. And I, I you know, talked to Bellator uh, matchmaker uh, Rich Chow afterward, and they were. Happy with their performance, so they like dealing with Shannon. So hopefully she gets another shot out there at some point. Uh, also of note, Antonio McKee, old man McKee, he won. Yeah, went out there on the same uh, same show as his son and got a, a second round ground and pound over William Sirapai. 
Uh, also of note on that undercard, uh, it was AJ Agzarm. He he won his fight, so he's two and one now. I guess the guy that was three and three. Daniel Veichel with a unanimous decision over Saul Rogers. Um, on the main card, Darren Caldwell unanimous decision over Henry Corrales. Um, AJ McKee stays undefeated with an eight second TKO of Georgie Karahani and increased to fifteen and zero. Patricio Pitbull with a uh, unanimous decision victory. Um, for the uh, featherweight championship over Juan Archuleta. He was a hot prospect. Juan Archuleta was coming into that. Uh, Gegard Masasi takes a split decision win in a rematch, uh, let it be known, uh, with uh, Leota uh, Machida. And that was uh, pretty much uh, what there was to be uh, said for Bellator 228. Justin, uh, your thoughts? Pretty big night for them. Yeah, I think probably the first uh, father-son duo you know fighting on the same card i haven't i don't know of any other any other time that's happened but that's that's pretty cool just to get that get that there antonio you know didn't have uh he wasn't in in much trouble you know had a had a pretty easy opponent but um still pretty cool um aj mckee and darian caldwell and and patricio really uh all three stood out to me the most you know um darian you know handled corrales with with pretty pretty much with ease i didn't think it was going to be that easy for him um, same thing with Pitbull and then Archuleta, uh, and then AJ McKee shocked me. You know, getting Georgie out of there in, in eight seconds, yeah. nice combo, and dropped him, and finished it up with some ground and pound. Um, the Leota Machida and, and Gegar Mousasi fight was was pretty fun, man. Uh, I'm you know, Gegar lost lost his title not long ago, and and now he's he's eyeing a rematch there. Hopefully, he'll get that. I think that um, I think he'll do well in in the rematch. Of course, uh, the other card was uh, way over in Copenhagen, Denmark. It was the uh, UFC on ESPN Plus, number 18, taking place in the daytime uh, here. they, You know, it was a fight that was going on throughout the afternoon leading up to the card that we were at, 13 bouts. Uh, going back to the prelims, uh, opening up, it was Jack Shore with a third-round submission by Rear Naked Choke. Dominant performance over Nolan Hernandez. Jack Shore improves to 12 and 0. Uh, Mark Giacassi with a unanimous decision win over Lando Venata. Lena Landsberg with a big upset over Macy Chasen, who was a pretty heavy favorite. Like, don't quote me here, but I feel like she was like minus 400 or something pretty big. Um, Lena Landsberg unanimous decision. Uh, owned, uh, she was able to put Chasen on on her back and uh, dominated her there. Uh, Giga Chikadze with the, uh, a split decision win over Brandon Davis, originally announced as a draw, but they got that corrected uh, to a split decision. Ishmael Nardiev, unanimous decision over CR Bahardazarda. Uh, also, uh, Mahmoud Muradov uh, with the win over Alessio DeCirico. And rounding out the prelims, John Phillips with a 14-second knockout of Alan Amadovsky. Anything on the prelims jump out at Justin? A bunch of decisions there. Yeah. Uh, cool. Another loss for Landa, man. That's that's tough. You know where he's going to go from here. I don't. I don't know. I think he's ten and four now. Um, you know he's got a couple, couple of uh, no contests in the UFC and a couple losses and uh, maybe one or two wins. But uh, he's going to be fighting for his job if he gets another shot. Uh, big win for Lena Landsberg. You know, like you said, she was a big underdog and. Um, Macy Chasen was, you know, a, a hot prospect coming in, um, you know, to be able to to be able to come away with that win, pretty pretty dominant, you know, um, was was a big statement for her. 
I was pretty surprised by the Nardiev and Bahar Dezada fight. You know, Nardiev won. Two of the judges scored that at 30-25. You know, in a three-round fight, that's two rounds that were 10-8. Uh, yeah. You know, that's that's oh, that's an Yeah. 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 So I thought Bahar Dezada was going to put up a, a much better fight than that. Um, but Nardiev, man, he's, he's tough. Um, John Phillips, you know, like you said, a 14-second knockout landed a nice, nice combo early and and dropped uh, dropped his opponent. I can't even say that dude's name, but then um, jumped on him and finished it off with the ground and pound there. And then, of course, the main card uh, we saw Nicholas Dalby with a unanimous decision win over Alex Oliveira. Maybe a little. I don't know if that's an upset or not. I kind of think it is, but maybe it's just I don't know how good Dalby is. Uh, Ovin St. Prue, our very own Ovin St. Prue, of course, uh, the head of the ship, Eric Turner, was over uh, across the seas, uh, cornering uh, his man, Ovin St. Prue, who wins with his namesake choke, the Von Prue choke. Round two over uh, Michael Olachechik. Um Man, Ovin's was the underdog here. Ovin's was a two-to-one underdog in this fight, and uh, I think a lot of people were kind of Starting to ride old OSP off here, but uh, it goes uh, goes over across the pond. Uh, you know, I talked to Eric leading up to the fight, and he said, you know, uh, you know, Vince is uh, he's feeling good. He's had a really good weight cut. He's in good spirits. He's relaxed, and so uh, you know, they felt like he was in real good headspace. In uh, in what was you know maybe it, 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 it really was close to a must win fight. I think so. Uh, really kind of coming through in the clutch there, OSP. Uh, Ion Kudalabra with a uh, big, vicious uh, knockout of Khalil Roundtree. That's a fight that we said, you know, this fight's not going to go long. It'll be vicious. And indeed it was. Uh, Gilbert Burns uh, with uh, the unanimous decision win over Gunnar Nelson there. That's a big win for Gilbert Burns. Uh, it's the Olympic wrestler and the, the pride of Denmark, I guess. Mark Madsen with a dominant um, ground and pound win over Danilo Bilardo, and then the main event saw another upset. I, I said I really like Jack Hermanson, but he couldn't get it done. Round two TKO uh, by Jared Cannonier. The Alaskan climbs to thirteen and four. Big win over Jack Hermanson. So uh, you know a lot of these uh, European guys didn't. I mean, not say you know the one that they really wanted to win, Madsen. You know he came through and won, but you know Hermanson, Nelson. Uh, you know, Olachechik, uh, you know, a lot of DeCherico, you know, a lot of these guys lost. Uh, your thoughts on uh, UFC on ESPN 18, or I'm sorry, ESPN Plus number 18, Justin? Yeah, uh, several upsets. I think, you know, Nicholas Dalby had a little stint in the UFC before and um, went through went through some some tough times and came back. And, you know, Cowboy Oliver is a, a tough out, you know, against anybody. The dude's just yeah. durable as hell and, um, you know. He's he's always dangerous. I mean, as long as he's throwing punches, he, he can always finish you. And uh, Dobby Dobby did a good job and and took the decision on that one. Olashechik, man, I mean, do you just not study your opponents? Like, I don't see after after as many von Prus as he's got. Like, how do you even go for a guillotine or, or you know get in that position with events? Like, he, he's so strong there. If you if you allow him to get it, he's gonna finish you. Um, and Olashechik just fell right into it. That was a big, big win for events. Um, and Khalil Roundtree, I don't know if you saw weigh-ins or not, but uh, Kudalaba came up to him and like screamed at weigh-ins, and Khalil Roundtree was shook there. I don't know if you saw that or not, but um, at weigh-ins, I 
I kind of changed my mind on that one and and saw that the Cleo's head probably wasn't in the right space and uh, Kudalaba just you know did what he wanted to. Um, like I said with the uh, Gunnar Nelson and, and Gilbert Burns, man, that was a tough uh, a tough replacement for Gilbert Burns. You know he he had a, a much better opponent and um, that, that fell through and then you know with Gilbert Burns is just Gilbert Burns is a tough out for anybody. You know uh, Marco Madsen. Got the job done pretty quick, uh, and I was I was surprised with the Jared Cantonier fight too. And I mean, he's been fighting, you know. We we talked about it last time, but you know, he was a heavyweight, and um, so he's used to used to much bigger opponents. But um, you know, I thought that Hermanson was going to be able to to submit him, and Cantonier just you know, just big big punches, man. He's he's a real powerful dude. If he if he hits you, um, you know, it's lights out. And that wraps up our uh, our review of this past weekend, uh, and uh, that'll bring us to a uh, preview of this weekend. And uh, this weekend, we've got um, a little bit more action, you know. We're going to kick things off. Uh, real quick mention, we're not really going to go into any in-depth uh, here, but just a, of note, Invicta FC 37 is going down on Five Pass Friday, and there's some familiar faces on there. Uh, Linda Mihalik from up in Kentucky uh, she has competed for us in the past. She is going to uh, be making her Invicta debut against, uh, oh, man, um, I think uh, this maybe uh, it's Marissa Messer Belinchia, Belinchia, but I'm sure I've butchered that. And then uh, Hope Chase, uh, who we saw fight at Smoky Stadium. She had a big knockout over Morgan uh, Hickam. Uh, will make her uh, Invicta debut against Megan Colley. And Hope Chase, she's a real uh, intense one, Justin. Yes, she is. She was, she was fun to watch, man. I, I really enjoyed her fight at that stadium. She stood out to me for sure. So uh, good luck to those ladies uh, this weekend uh, on Invicta FC 37. Of course, Friday night will be Bellator 229. They're staying busy. They're staying at home, though, so they're not having to you know, hit the road. They'll be at uh, the Pechanga Resort at Temecula, California for Bellator uh, 229, Korishkov versus Larkin. Looking at the prelims here, not a whole lot jumps out at me. Um, let's see. It looks like um, that Adele Altamimi, he's on the card. That was the uh, the veteran that they made a big deal out of signing that, that beat McMahon when he went up there. Uh, Joey Davis is on the card, decorated wrestler, 5-0. and Another decorated wrestler, this Johnny Eblen guy is really good. And that's kind of the uh, prelims. But then uh, on the main card, uh, it's interesting. We've got a four-fight main card. Of course, Syed Awad takes on Goichi Yamauchi. Uh, Big Tony uh, – no, it's not the same Tony Johnson. I was thinking that was Tony Johnson from Nashville, but it's not. It's just another Tony Johnson. And he's taking on Joe Schilling, so that's kind of a, a novelty. Uh, Carrie Melendez, wife of Gilbert Melendez, takes on Mandy Polk from here uh, in Tennessee. She's from out in uh, Memphis area. She fought for us back when it was 3FC. And let's um, uh, we'll see. The main event, of course, is Andre Korishkov versus Lorenz Larkin. So uh, Friday night, MMA. Justin, will this one uh, have you watching live or on delay or not at all? Uh, probably on delay. I, I'm a big Joe Schilling fan, so I'll, I'll have to definitely catch that fight. Uh, what's, do you know what, what's up with that Carrie Melendez catch weight at 118? You know, that's interesting. I, I really don't know what's up with that. I've never heard of them. <laughs> it's, an, it's an odd uh, it's an odd, an odd number to throw out there. I don't know why they wouldn't have gone with 120. Um, anyway, uh, Sawdawad, man, he's, he's fun to watch. Um, and then 
Lorenz Larkin and Korshkov will be, I think will be a banger. Korshkov is, uh, I think, one of the top welterweights, um, you know, pro- definitely top 10 in the world, um, one of the best in Bellator, and Lorenz Larkin is also up there. So um, that one will be fireworks, I think. Then the big card this week, UFC 243. It is a pay-per-view card with the prelims on ESPN. So uh, pay-per-view will kick off at 10 o'clock at night. This one is coming to us from Melbourne, Australia. Big title fight, the main event. But, man, the rest of this card, to me, doesn't quite live up to pay-per-view status. That's just me. I mean, I, you know, main event's really good, obviously. And Mako main event's good. But, like, the rest of the card is really nothing nothing spectacular, you know. It was supposed to have Holly Holm and Raquel Pennington. That fell off. But we'll go ahead and do what we can with it, you know. On the prelims, we've got Khalid Taha, the German, uh, taking on Bruno Silva. Uh, we've got Nadia Kasim uh, taking on uh, G uh, Yeon Kim. So that's a, the South Korean uh, fighter versus the uh, the New Zealand fighter. That's it's the home fighter in Kasim. Uh, or maybe she's from, from Australia. Uh, Megan Anderson, that's another uh, big Australian fighter taking on Zara Farn Dos Santos. Not really familiar with her. Uh, Brad, Brad Riddell or Riddle. Um, another um, Australian fighter taking on Jamie Malarkey. That's two Australian fighters going out of that, actually, in that fight. Uh, Maki Patolo, who uh, was on the Contender Series, Hawaiian fighter. Now, he's an exciting fighter. He's from Max Holloway's crew, and he's a banger. Taking on the local again, Callan Potter. Uh, and then rounding out the prelims, uh, Jake Matthews. That's, you know, he, that's an old school Australian guy. You know, that's a, you got to have a Jake Matthews on the card. And sometimes he has pretty good performances. He's taking on uh, a guy I don't know, <laughs> Rostam Akman, who looks like he's Swedish. Uh, your thoughts on the prelims? This is a tough one to follow, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm with <laughs> you on, on it not being pay-per-view caliber. I don't know why they wouldn't put Megan Anderson on the pay-per-view over Justin Taffa and uh, – Jorgen DeCastro. I don't even know either one of those yeah. guys. Um, but, you know, Megan Anderson at least has has a following. And, um, man, I don't know. Um, Jake Matthews, like you say, it's good to, always good to see him get in there and, and at home. Um, and I'm, I'm a fan of Mikey Patola, uh, so I'm looking forward to that fight. I don't know Megan Anderson's opponent, but, you know, she's definitely going to be coming in there looking for a win, coming off of a loss to Holly, I believe. Um, is, that, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was her last time out. Yeah, that's what I thought. So she's going to be coming in there hot. Um, I'd say our boy Melee is going to be out there with uh, Megan Anderson getting her ready for that one. Mm-hmm. So she should, be, she should be in shape and ready to go. Main card. Now, this is what you got to pay for, folks. Uh, <laughs> it is going to be a five-five main card, and uh, it's, it's laced with some heavyweights on the lower portion of it. Jorgen DeCastro, who uh, you just mentioned, we saw him on the Contender Series. Um, I don't remember really thinking he was all that. Uh, versus Justin Taffa, a local Australian New Zealander fighter, three and zero versus five and zero. Somebody's almost go on pay per view. Um, and then we've got a uh, welterweight fight. We've got another local Luke Jumo taking on Diego Lima, and then uh, um, rounding out the uh, undercard portion, tied to Ibasa heavyweight. This is kind of like their their big, you know. Heavyweight hope out there uh, taking on Sergey Spivak, who is um, who I don't know really what's up with him. Nine and one uh, co-main event. 
Al Iaquinta versus Dan Hooker. No, that could be a good fight. If Iaquinta brings it, you know, Hooker's really been hot here lately. Iaquinta hopefully uh, brings his A game here. If he does, we get a real good fight. Uh, then, of course, main event for the 185 title. This is a big one. Uh, this is a good fight. I'll be paying attention to this anyway. Uh, Robert Whitaker versus the undefeated stylebender Israel Adesanya. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on this uh, main card pay-per-view? Um, you know, Luke, I don't know how you, how you say that last name. Luke, Jumo. Luke Jumo. Jumo. Yeah. Um, that's an odd one, man. You know, usually when, when they're coming to somebody's hometown like that, they want to give them, um, you know, an opponent that, that they at least match up well with. Um, you know, in the UFC so far, he's uh, two and one with all three decisions. Um, Diego Lima, you know, Diego Lima's a killer, man. That's not an easy fight at all um, to be at home. Uh, tied to Avasa, you know, I think we've, we've kind of seen that um, he's not he's not nearly as good as as what they would have tried to lead you to believe in the beginning. Uh, pretty one dimensional, and, and that one dimension is not not all that great. Um, so ho- hopefully he can get it done at home there. He definitely needs a win. He got beat last time they were there, so. Um, We'll see what happens. The ally Quentin Dan Hooker, I think, is going to be a phenomenal fight, man. Those two, you know, neither one of them are ever in a boring fight. Both of them go out there and, and put everything they have into it. You know, neither one of them are going to quit. Um, it's it's going to be a war. I see a decision in that one. Um, whatever the uh, over is, is is probably where I'll be going on that one. Um, kind of look for ally Quentin to be able to take it, but Dan Hooker's a hell of a striker, man. If he, if he gets a hold of that, it could be a it could be a tough night. Um, and, and Robert Whitaker and Adesanya is probably you know one of the best fights of the year. Sucks that it's on this card. It, it could definitely bring a lot more eyes if it was on a little bit better of a card. But um, should be a good fight. You know I think that Robert Whitaker is a somewhat better version of Kelvin Gastelum. Um, and Adesanya had you know what most people are considering to be fight of the year uh, this year against Kelvin Gastelum and um, kind of. A, Close fight. I don't. I don't think that uh, if he fights like that, I don't think he's going to get it done against Whitaker. Uh, Whitaker hits a lot harder, I think, and um, you know I think he's much much more durable. So uh, you know that'll be a be a fun fight to watch. I don't, do you do you know the odds on that one? Ah uh, man, I can tell you here fairly quickly. Uh, well, real quick while I while I pull those up here. Uh, you know, how, how, how deeply will you be tuned into this one? You'd be following all the way along. Will you just be kind of like paying attention to when the, maybe the co-main event, main event start, then kind of zone in, or are you going to catch it all later? I'll tell you though, that fight's a pick em. Uh, the, it's, uh, essentially Adesanya is, a, is a slight favorite, I guess you'd say, cause he's minus 110 or I'm sorry, minus 115, whereas Whitaker's minus 105. So I mean, it's, it's negligible. Yeah. I actually knew that. I, last time I looked at it, I think it was, uh, I think it was picking 105 minus 105 minus 105 last time I look at it. So Asanya's yeah. moved up a little bit, um, you know. But I don't know. It's it's gonna be a cool fight. Just the the uh, Australia and and New Zealand um, factor in it. But man, I'm gonna have a tough time with it. You know, I'm you know it's this or or hang out with my kid. I think uh, I might have to catch this one on the on the flip side. I hear you, man. I hear you. It's not gonna be one that I'm. Uh you know, absolutely invested in. I, I, you know, if I'm still awake when the main event comes on, I might try to watch it. But uh, yeah, otherwise I'll, I'll, I'll check it out the next day. Is this one at a weird time? No, no. It, for us, it starts, uh, the pay-per-view will start at 10. So the main event will be on around midnight. Okay. Yeah. Because I actually do expect some finishes there from those heavyweights early. So I think they'll run through it pretty quick. 
So that'll wrap up our um, our preview of this weekend's action. And uh, with that, we'll, we'll go into our, uh, our main segment tonight. That is the Valor 64 recap and reactions. And with that, let's get Greg Hopkins on the line to join us. Greg, what is happening, my man? You're fresh off of a big win, uh, improving to 2-0 and at uh, Valor 64. We're going to recap the whole, all the action. I know that uh, you were excited about a lot of this card, and I'm hoping that you had a chance to – I know you were able to catch some of the fights out in the crowd, but as you start to have to get ready for your own fights, hopefully you were able to catch up a little bit on uh, flow combat. But we'll dive on into it, man. And uh, it was uh, – as we, as we recapped earlier, and I'll get your take on this first, too – it was a hot night. I mean, not only was the atmosphere hot because it was a rowdy crowd, the fights were really delivering, so it was an electric atmosphere, but it was hot inside that building. I mean, it was like crazy hot, like uh, like a sauna. Like I felt like I was underwater. And uh, uh, your, your take on that and, uh, you know, do you think that that kind of increased the fighters' uh, mojo out there, if you will? Because like, like I said, about the halfway point of the fight, the fights – or the card, rather, the fights really seemed to start getting like very – like rabid, you know. Uh personally, I think that. Uh, I mean, that I don't. I don't know about maybe the outcome of a fight, but I'll tell you right now, just warming up downstairs, it was really hot, and uh, like I was only so much warming up I could do because uh, I mean, really, I was getting tired after just like a few rounds of mitts and everything, and then going out there and actually a just a full on fight. Uh, I think that maybe on some fights it may have uh made the difference in some of uh. Some of the fighters, like, and even in the first few fights, I think it may have made the difference just because I think it was hot in there. I don't know if we had an, an like an absolute or maybe a, a temperature, like a, a roundabout what hot it was, but it was like a sauna. It was real hot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like, uh, and I was like, I was saying, it's not like the sun beating down on you hot, but like you know, a thousand people in a room sweating and breathing. Yeah. Hot, you know. It's, yeah, it was like miserable. It, it wasn't absolutely like a miserable heat, like you're on top of a tin roof and the hot sun of a 98 degree day. But it was just like a, it was a, it was like a grueling, just hot breathing. There's a lot of people stepping outside, and I mean, Saudi Daisy was really cool about everything. They had a truck load of water right out front for everybody walking in or walking out, and uh, that I mean, they didn't bother nobody that was walking in or walking in, as long as they had their their wristband and everything. Like everybody's really cool and understanding because of the heat. So like, I don't think there was there was there wasn't a whole lot of complaints. Just the uh, Next time, let's um, get a place with air conditioning. That's what people were just saying. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. That place is hot. <laughs> that place is hot at all times because I mean, we did a January show there, and I don't know that it wasn't at that hot, but it was still pretty hot. Uh, yeah, true, true. Anyway, place, it's weird. So say, it is weird. It is weird. It's hot all the time. It really is there all the time. It really is. Maybe maybe they'll use some of this these funds we're raising to invest in some some circulation. Would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move in, in into this card. It was uh, 18 bouts deep, so we got some uh, some some ground to cover here, guys. Opened up with a catchweight kickboxing bout. Uh, juniors, our first two bouts were juniors. Uh, these guys were uh, in the range of 15, 16 years old. It was the debuting Kobe Roberts out of No Mercy MMA, the Goon Squad, Union, South Carolina, taking on Tyler Jones out of the United Karate Studios in Dalton, Georgia, with Ben Kiker and his dad, Travis Jones, in his corner. And, uh, man, Tyler Jones is really coming along. Like, I, I remember being impressed with him at the Joe when we saw him, but I was, like, really impressed with him this time. Like, he seems to be improving by leaps and bounds every time. Kobe Roberts, very game, fired back all he could. Uh, but ultimately, it was uh, Tyler Jones just too much. Uh, you know, we, we got some standing eight counts. And uh, and ultimately, I, I, think he, uh, I think he stopped him there. And I think it was the third round he finally stopped him. 
But, uh, you know, a valiant effort from Kobe Roberts and uh, Tyler Jones, a kid to keep an eye on. Uh, Greg, your take on uh, young Mr. Jones. Yeah, I think both these young young cats impressed me that night. Uh, just, and, and to kick off a show like that, and as hot as it was, they uh, both of these guys went for broke. And, you know, they knew that, you know, with the – uh, Jones out there with that loss on his record right there. I think he wanted to make sure everybody knew that uh, that was may have been a fluke on his part, but he didn't, you know. But I mean, I think he proved himself in that fact that Cody Roberts was firing off the whole time, and uh, I think that fact could have went either way until until the. Uh, and I think that heat may have played a factor because uh, you know Cody Roberts slowed down there at the end, and you're up like a couple standing eight counts, and then Tyler Jones takes it. The second bout of the evening, uh, uh, oh, by the way, that was a third-round TKO, about a minute 40 seconds in, so it was only 20 seconds to go in the round. Uh, right. the, second, the second bout of the evening was a, uh, a, a another junior bout. This one had 100 pounds. Um, these kids were, were younger, you know, 12, 13 years old. Noah Lauder comes in undefeated. Uh, had him listed at 1-0. He was actually 2-0 coming into this Uh representing No Mercy MMA, the Goon Squad Union of South Carolina, very aggressive, tough kid, uh, taking on uh, young Eli Blaylock, making his debut out of Blaylock's IMB down there in Chattanooga, Fort Oglethorpe area. His dad, Chet Blaylock, head coach there, and uh, proud papa as uh, Eli Blaylock gets a head kick knockout. In the first round, um, right, I mean, right at, pretty much like right at the bell. We were towards the end of the round, but a good performance from Noah Lauder. That kid was – he brought it, you know, and uh, and Eli just used some really nice movement, uh, you know, slipped a big uh, slipped a big overhand and landed the question mark kick. And uh, uh, Noah did answer the count, but he was a little wobbly there and uh, always erring on the side of caution. Jimmy Neely uh, stopped the fight, you know, rather than uh, take any unnecessary risks there. Uh, successful debut for Eli Blaylock. Uh, I want to get both your opinions on this. Uh, Justin, we don't usually get to see him this young and this little, but uh, man, that crowd, they, they popped for uh, little Eli, didn't they? Yeah, man. It's one of the, one of the coolest things I, I think about VFC is that they give opportunities to, you know, these younger kids to come in on, on big shows, you know, with big crowds and um, really get, get that, the experience under their belt uh, in an early age. And, um, you know, all four of these guys, man, they they went out there and, and put everything they had into it. Um, I was super impressed with Noah Lautner. You know, he was, like you say, super aggressive. That was a close, close fight. Um, I think it wasn't it like I didn't hear if you said it or not, but wasn't it like 10 seconds left in the in the in the fight? Yeah. Yeah. I want to say like he answered the count and when they stopped it, the bell would have rang because they had the time listed at two minutes, which is the full round. Yeah, man. And and he. You know, he wanted to keep going. He was definitely upset with the stoppage, but uh, I I was not. You know, he was he was definitely um, on Queer Street there, and uh, Eli landed a, a nasty head kick, man. And that's one of the, one of the cleanest head kicks you'll see um, out of anybody. You know, uh, from you know uh, underage and uh, adults, it doesn't matter what, where you're talking. That was that was a uh, solid technique. Yeah, and I believe that we'll, uh, you know, we'll see both a lot out of these young men. I'm excited because these are two youngsters, 12, 13 years old. I mean, getting that early start like this, if they keep it up by the time they're 18, they're going to be killers. Greg, your thoughts? Uh, I was impressed by Noah Lautner, at least because when I seen the picture of this kid, I didn't really know what he looked like. I saw him in person, and both of these kids looked like they weighed a whole lot more than 100 pounds. Like, they both look like they're about, what, 120. And, uh, and Lautner, dude, he uh, – they were both throwing spinning back fists. Uh, I mean, 
a lot more crisp than uh, I expected to be a couple of, uh, you know, just preteens and teenagers, you know, just brand new teens like they're, you know, I mean, I know Eli's grew up around it and, uh, uh, Paul T told me that Noah Lautner coming out, uh, you know, he said, uh, he, he, he's got the, uh, he's got the grit. He just doesn't have the experience yet, but he is going to come out firing and, and looking for the kill. And, uh, they did not disappoint. They delivered. I was proud of both of those kids, but, uh, yeah, shout out to Eli Blaylock for that head kick. That was clean. And then moving on to our final prelim, uh, we had a, a last-minute change. Uh, Corey Farmer no-showed us. He was supposed to come down from Michigan, uh, just the old no-call, no-show. Uh, you know, tried to reach him several times the day before the weigh-in, said he was on his way. Never did uh, never did surface. Uh, so, you know, thanks a lot. Thanks for nothing. If you're a promoter out there, you're listening to this, don't book this Corey Farmer out of Michigan. He will hose you real good. Anyway, uh-huh. he's supposed to be taking on Eric Jones. Debuting out of the American Killer Bees, Cleveland, Tennessee, officer down there for Cleveland. And this is going to be his first combat experience. And luckily, we were able to get a last-minute replacement, Juan Cruz Noyola, um, from the Ascension Camp down in Georgia, who had Tyler Mealy on the card. Uh, they, they had uh, Juan ready to rock and roll. Uh, he normally um, fights down at 155, but, you know, he was walking heavier at the time because he wasn't really prepping for a fight. This, uh, you know, and he already had some experience. He was three and one in MMA, purple belt. So he's a, you know, a well-trained guy, but taking the fight on short notice. So props to both guys for being willing to adjust there at the last minute. But, uh, man, Juan Cruz Noyola, he was, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's just like come forward. And he would just throw just a one-two over and over. But he was throwing it so freaking hard and uh, just bullying forward into uh, Eric Jones, who uh, did his best, you know, to, to kind of, you know, use his footwork in a certain way, but he just kept getting caught against the cage too often and took too many shots. And eventually we got a second-round stoppage uh, for uh, for uh, Juan Cruz Noyola. Uh, congrats to him, and props to both guys for uh, for adjusting on the fly short notice. Uh, Greg, did you, get, uh, did you get to catch any of this one? Yeah, I did. That, was, uh, that one was kind of hard to watch because uh, – what was his name? Uh, he says him again. Juan Cruz Noyola. One, one. Yeah. Hey, what was this? What was the weight difference on there? Because um, uh, one had a lot of power behind every single. Well, like, Juan, like, Juan has Juan has fought as low as one fifty five, but he came into this on fight day at one eighty, uh, and yeah. uh, but but he was also like five six, uh, you know, and you can see that you know yeah. if he is in proper shape, he would be fighting below welterweight. Yeah, but that kid had a couple cannons. He was packed oh, yeah. he was so behind those. And every single shot he threw, it was like a kill shot. And every time it looked like he was just about to get tired and die down, boom, he would just come up with a liver shot over with an overhand right. Pow, pow. It was just, and he, he, and he was just going through, like just dicing right through the gloves of Eric Jones. And I felt, I felt bad. And I don't, I don't disagree with the stoppage because uh, Jones was taking some definite punishment from one there. You know what I think would be a fun one to see is Juan versus Cody Linder. Cody Linder, yeah, I yes, sir. That one. Yeah, because they're both because they're those, those both those guys throw so hard like that, you know. Did, or even Juan and Juan uh, versus like a technician like Zach Fox. Was Was Linder the one who said uh who who, who was a little little too late on saying hey why didn't you think of me? What, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, Cody. Yeah, that's the guy. He I like Cody, man. He always puts on a good fight. I don't think he's ever lost for us. No, no he, I'd uh, like to he's see always had fun. too. Who's that? Carter Beekman. Ooh, ooh, yeah, that'd be some fire. That'd be Jesus. Some fire. 
And, uh, you know, actually, as we get on down into this card, there's some other fights I like to talk about for that. I, one of which was give, an idea given to me by old Miles Peak. So we'll talk about that here shortly. Uh, moving on into the MMA portion uh, of this card, and it started getting good here. We had Featherweights. It was the debut of both of these gentlemen, Leonardo Lechugo, Little Nalo. This is Nalo's son, the, the head coach of North Georgia High Stand. Uh, making his debut, decorated wrestler taking on the debuting Chris Weathers, uh, independent fighter out of Fort Payne, Alabama. Took this fight on about a week's notice. Buddy Logan Niels, uh, you know, came in in shape. Uh, looks like a you know a strapping young man, but wasn't able to uh, you know negate the wrestling of Lechuga, who had some big slams and and ultimately was able to get a submission to strikes in the first round, late in the first round to uh, to move to one and zero. So big debut for uh, Little Nalo. I'm excited to see if he sticks with this. He he's got a lot of potential, uh, and hopefully we see Chris Weathers back at it, man, with a full uh, opportunity to train and prepare because uh, you know he he really brought it and, and stepped up on short notice. So props to him as well. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on uh, this one? How old is Lechuga? I think he's like 18 or 19. Man, he's got a lot of a lot of potential. That that kid was super dominant. Um, I look forward to seeing him fight again. Like you say, the wrestling was on point. Um, you know, once he got him down, the ground and pound was vicious and um, got him out of there pretty quick. Greg, what do you think about Little Nalo? He's got a good look with the dreadlocks. I like I liked him. He was a, he was a, he was easy on the eyes to watch fight in that cage. He looked like he knew what he was doing. He was calm and collective. Chris Weathers came out madmanish. Little inexperienced and was kind of just looking for that haymaker. Chris Weathers was put together though, man. Dude, dude looks shredded from head to toe, and I think that though that fight probably should have been a little later on down the line because uh, just just the sight of both of them, you thought like you know what I'm saying like there's shit's about to go down for real. And uh, yeah. you did how many times did he slam him? about three? T- he slammed Weathers three times just yeah, to rip them like off. That. And they were some big ones, man. Big suplexes. And just, uh, dude, these guys, uh, it was, uh, I'll tell you right now, they, they neither one of them looked like debut fighters, and that was impressive to me. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, but uh, Lil Nalo, dude, he's a, uh, I hope he sticks with it too. I'd like to see, I don't, there's a lot of fights I'd like to see after all these fights now, just to see who's going to match up with who. And now, and and a lot of fresh faces to, uh, to Valor off of this card. So uh, this is great. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Easy on the ass, Greg. I didn't mean like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's cool because uh, so many of these these fights that we're about to go through here are in that featherweight lightweight range where it's it's getting really deep. You know, there's a lot in the amateur division and there's a lot of competition there and I like it. Uh, this next one, another featherweight bout, two more debuts, and it was going to be uh, Nabil Khan debuting out of North Georgia high stand there. Uh, once again, trained with Nala Lechuga, taking on Jalen Harper from the American Killer Bees in Cleveland, Tennessee, also making his debut. We had seen him in a tie fight before that. And man, this is a great fight. This was back and forth. Uh, it ended up being a unanimous decision win for Jalen Harper, but uh, it was one of those fights where, you know, we kind of pegged Harper as being uh, the stri- a striker uh, and Khan uh, having the the dominant ground game, but Harper showed some 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 great skill on the ground as well, man. And that was probably the difference maker in this fight. Uh, it ended up being um, uh, all three judges there for Harper. Uh, your recollection on this one, Justin? The build is, was super tough, man. But Jalen is just an absolute monster. He was he's relentless. Um, you know, when he would lose position, he was like a dog trying to get get back in in the dominant position and you know throwing throwing heavy shots the whole time um you know i think it was a, a an excellent opponent for for his debut and you know nabil didn't didn't definitely didn't look like a debut fighter 
um, either. But um, look forward to seeing him, you know, come back and, and get another fight. But Jalen's going to be uh, Jalen's going to be a handful, man. Greg, were you surprised by uh, Jalen's uh, ground uh, capabilities there against uh, a guy that you pegged as a guy that probably be the superior ground fighter? I uh, thought that, uh, you know, I, I still I still think that Jalen was a little green because there was one moment uh, during the – I think it might have been throughout the duration of the second round where uh, Khan had – I don't know if he had his back or he had a guillotine. I'm not – I can't remember exactly. But uh, Jalen was in a lot of danger, and Khan uh, – you know, he just kind of like you said it, like like Justin said, he was a bulldog trying to get back up, you know, back to position, and uh, he did fight off like two or three different submission attempts from Khan, and uh, he did prove uh, he, he moved up as a couple notches in my uh, in my book as far as his uh, you know being green on the ground because if you can defend submissions too, you've been working hard. So uh, he proved me wrong there, and I you know I thought that the I didn't know that Khan's uh stand-up game was going to be as good as it was either. And uh, y'all already noted that uh, Khan didn't look like a uh, debut fighter. And uh, he did impress me. And um, I hate that he had to lose in that fight, too, to be honest with you, because he put on a spectacular performance. So I think it was a rear naked. I think it was a rear naked that he had Jalen in, yeah. And it was, I mean, it was, he had great position. And Jalen just was not going to quit, dude. I was, I was, yeah, I was like sitting there, I was like, dang. I was like, oh, I thought it was over. Couple different too. times, both ways. I, I it really did. But uh, yeah, good fight, good fight, really. Just to kind of recap real quick, I guess I should have done this already. Our picks panel, of course, last week coming into this week, Greg was in the lead with a three-point lead over Mark, and I uh, let's see, a six-point lead over Jeff Hobbs. To get us caught up until now, since I've neglected, uh, it was Tyler Jones, a correct pick for both Greg and Mark. Um, uh, Hobbs missed that one on Roberts. All three judges or all three panelists got it correct on Eli Blaylock. Uh, we will scrap the Eric Jones versus uh, Corey Morgan pick since it ended up being a completely different fight. Um, the and it wouldn't it would not affect the picks because everyone was on Jones regardless, so no one is missing out there. Uh, <laughs> it was Greg and uh, Jeff that both had uh, Little Nalo and Mark lost on Weathers. All three panelists had Jalen Harper and got that one right. So that brings us to our next one, and that's Bradley Brakefield returning after a uh, just a very short like three or four week uh, period from his last fight when he beat the Sea Goat Anthony Cochran. And this time he beats Christopher Barnes, who was 0-1, independent from Scottsboro. Of course, Bradley Brakefield out of the Goon Squad, No Mercy MMA in Union, South Carolina. It was the first round TKO win for Bradley Brakefield, who all of a sudden now is 2-1 with a little bit of a, a hot streak behind him. Uh, Greg, what's up with old Brakefield, man? He's uh, he's, he's starting to rise. Hey, he's continuing to impress, uh, you know, be getting called up. Just how, how long did he have notice of this fight? About a week, uh, well, maybe a hair under. I think he probably took it like Monday, you know. Yeah, so like, I mean, we we found he what like five days in advance, and he just he said, "I like him, man. He's coming out. He's coming out of the uh, no mercy. Just saying, feed me whoever you got down there at one one forty five. I want to fight." So, uh, uh, I, I and I know that there's some guys uh, out in the audience uh, who was watching that fight, and uh, now that they've seen how tough Bradley Brayfield is, they want to. Uh, they want to test their, their, their uh, they want to test their skills and jump in the uh, you know put put their feet in the water with them uh, and well I'm, I'm excited to see these these upcoming fights from this and yeah man I mean there's a lot of fights I think out there again but that break you know just this whole little segment we're talking about right now all these guys just kind of run together you know so 
Uh, when you combine that with the, the the 45s and 55s up in the Knoxville area, you know, in the Nashville area, we've got some really, really good matchups that, that can kind of come of it. Uh, so, yeah, Bradley Brakefield moves to 2-1. and one. Christopher uh, Barnes goes to 0-2. Uh, game performance by by Mr. Barnes there. Of course, he had a good corner there in Trevor Peak. And so I know he's uh, he, he was actually wanting to go to rematch here. So we'll see what happens with all that um, down the road. Uh, up next is a bout that, man, this is the five of the night. It's awesome. You know, welterweight battle. Did that get five of the night? I feel like it did. did. That- yeah, I feel like it did. Uh, this next one here, we're going to talk about welterweights. It was uh, the debuts of both of these guys, and neither guy fought like a debut, man. These guys fought like some grizzled veterans. Uh, Jordan Lewis, the younger of the fighting Lewis brothers out of North Georgia high stand, uh, 18, 19 years old, just a just a tank, tough guy. A uh, great decorated wrestler taking on Tyler Mealy, debuting out of the Ascension MMA camp down in Georgia. Uh, and man, these guys brought it. It was something else. It was, uh, man, it was, uh, it was just a war, a bloody back and forth war. Uh, and it ended up being a majority decision in favor of Tyler Mealy in the fight of the night. Really, really crazy when we ended up getting a point deduction now from from Jordan Lewis, I believe, in the third. And that. Uh, surely played a part in things. I wouldn't have been completely uh, distraught with a draw in this fight, though. Justin, you were one of the judges. What was your take? Um, I was super impressed with the durability of Jordan Lewis. Tyler Mealy is uh, the striking man was just on point. He had he had Jordan Lewis busted up. I honestly it probably would have stopped that fight if I would have been in there reffing it. Um, I think that it, it was it went too long, but um, you know. It is what it is. Both those guys, like you said, man, it's it's amazing to me just just to see the evolution of the sport. You know, from nine, ten years ago, you know, seeing a debut fighter nine or ten years ago to seeing these cats go out there and and you know they look they look like they're pros, man. It's it's crazy. Uh, Greg, your thoughts? This was uh, this one had the crowd freaking it frenzied. Man, uh, there comes a time when you uh you get your mouthpiece knocked out of your mouth and there comes a time when you just can't hold your mouthpiece in your mouth anymore. And I, I I'm not I'm not mad at the referee not stopping the fight because I mean the guy who was getting the mouthpiece knocked out of his mouth, Jordan Lewis, his brother was in the corner still cheering him on and Jordan was still fighting back. Like and and the whole time like people like that after that, during that fight, after I mean I just since that fight a lot of people is like, you know, down up here in North Georgia is like Hey, uh, you know they should have stopped that fight a lot, lot sooner than they would have, and they should have on the wall. And after after his mouthpiece kept coming out, why didn't they stop it? I was like, well, I mean the guy was still fighting; he was he was still in the fight the whole time. But yeah, there at the end of the third round, he started getting um, a little staggered. He started to come one sided. But you know what? Through everything, and uh, you don't know, Jordan could have been sitting there telling Jimmy in between, "Don't you stop this fight? Don't you stop this fight?" I mean that could have been his whole tactic is to tell you know tire out melee and 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 then you know try to take him out with one shot so uh you know hats off to both guys that talk about a one of them when jim ross said it was a slopper knocker because yes that one had all the crowd standing up on their feet and that one was oh that pumped everybody up oh man it, it was awesome of course the next fight it got these guys pumped up too lightweight battle 155 pounds the debuting daniel gonzalez out of the north georgia high stand group Taking on the Honey Badger, Brandon McGee, one and one out of Gamma, Greenville, Tennessee. Trains with Stephen New in the gang, Dale Dodds, 
And uh, man, if you ever seen the honey badger fight, that, that's how he fights. I mean, he's like this, a buzzsaw. He just comes forward and he's a, you know, he's a strapping young kid. He, he's throwing heat. And uh, and Gonzalez, uh, to his credit, man, I mean, he he was right there with him. He was uh, throwing back as best he could, uh, landed some shots himself. Uh, I can't remember if he got a takedown or not. I had to go back and rewatch it, but I know that uh, the end result was Brandon McGee with a big knockout like seconds before the bell. I mean, he, he knocked him out with like at like two fifty five of the first round. Uh, in what was an awesome fight back and forth. And McGee moves to two and one. And that is a guy that brings some action every time. And I'm a fan of some Brandon McGee. I like the Honey Badger. And I like a lot of the matchups I'm starting to see for him for him. Uh, Greg? No, I, I was pressed with McGee, too. I I, I just like his style. And uh, I'm not going to be picking against him a whole lot. Uh, I don't, don't, you know, just like you were talking, we got a lot more matchups coming from you know, 155 to 160 to 65 that are looking to drop down to 55 here. Uh, and Daniel Gonzalez, yeah, he was coming to fire off. He was ready for it and everything. I think he just got, you know, touched up by Brandon. And uh, like you said, he's a honey badger. He wants it all. He wants to finish. He fought to a finish. There will be a finish when he fights regardless. So I'm just, looking to I'm, – I'm excited to see what comes out of him in the future. Just to key, uh, catch us back up on the picks. All three panelists were correct with Bradley Brakefield. All three panelists missed on Jordan Lewis, uh, which, oh, I guess that means we owe Tyler Mealy an interview next week. Uh, and then all yep. three panelists correct on uh, Brandon McGee. That moves us on to our next bout. And this is a fight that I was excited for. Catchweight bout, 160 pounds, Logan Crowley. Uh, two and two out of Oneida, Tennessee, taking on uh, the rising Carter Beekman, two and one out of Blaylock's IMB. And it was a slugfest, as we expected, man. These guys were, were, were throwing for the fences, and it was Carter Beekman that got the better of it with a big knockout in the first round over Logan Crowley, moving to 3-1. And, one. and uh, this is a kid that's got that it factor, man. He's got he's got that swagger. He's got a good look. His fighting style is, is certainly fan-friendly. And uh, I like that Beekman and Brandon McGee fight as, uh, as a potential just absolutely – just a war, uh, another fight where it's like somebody's probably going to drop, you know, eventually. Uh, your thoughts, yeah. uh, Justin, on uh, Carter Beekman, man. This kid's uh, another kid that's he's one to watch. Man, I was already super impressed with him. And, um, you know, I've always been impressed with, with Logan Crowley's durability and, and um, just the way he likes to go in there and just get after it. And Carter Beekman, from the, from the beginning, established his dominance. And, and Logan Crowley, you could tell – uh, he was backing up, and, and he felt the power early. Um, man, Carter, who beat him? Uh, it was uh, Emory Norrit. Emory Norrit. Oh, did he submit him? He did. He did He yeah. did submit him. Yeah, he submitted yeah. him, and now they're training partners. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, Carter Bigman. Carter's Carter. last spot is an independent. Oh, okay. Carter, Carter's uh, he's something to look out for, especially now being with Blaylocks and you know, having that having that good camp, um, he's gonna make waves. Greg, your thoughts? Yeah, Carter is a head and shoulders what he was before he fought. You know, Emory Norwood. I remember actually rolling with him and training with him out in Fort Oak Core One, and he was he was trying to decide on whether he should go to Killer Bees, Blade Logs, or here or there, and uh, he really wanted a, a MMA based you know gym and. Uh, he went and he went he went trained with David up here at Killer Beast for a while, but it was just too far of a drive for him. So he uh he tried out Blaylocks and he absolutely loved it. And yeah, his games picked up a lot. He's over there working with Ian Stevens and Corey Bolden and all them and they're touching up his game. He's been working mitts and uh 
yeah, Carter Bateman, that Logan Crowley, that was an impressive, uh, impressive little knockout right there. Uh, I didn't think it was going to end that. So we knew somebody was going down, but we didn't know in what kind of fashion it was. But he absolutely, you know, was in and out, in and out, head movement. He, he didn't look like he was just out there to brawl and just throw hands. He went out there and he looked like he had a plan and he stuck with it. And uh, uh, what is it, Carter Bateman's three and one now? Three yeah, one. Got, you know, so uh, I mean, who got knocked out of the night? Ah uh, man, I want to say it was, it was uh was it Bubba Cruz. It had to be Bubba, Bubba Cruz. Cruz. Yeah, it had to be okay, Bubba yeah. Cruz. Yeah. Well, if it wasn't Bubba, I thought Carter probably should have been gotten it. That was a oh, uh, that was an exciting. How long did that fight last? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it went like two twenty. Action packed. Yeah. Action packed. But uh. Yeah, good job, Carter Bateman, man. I'm excited to see like oh, and you did you did you mention Brandon McGee versus Carter mm-hmm. Bateman? I think that'd be a lot of fun, that? huh? I think that way right there would be a content, uh, you know, a title contention fight right there. A winner of that maybe uh maybe be looking to fight oh, uh, Rainbow Joseph Joe. maybe down the road. I don't sure. know, maybe. I mean Carter Bateman's up there three and one. Yeah, oh yeah. I think you know he made 160 this time. That's the lowest he's gotten, but I definitely think he's got that you know four more pounds in him. Well, uh, yeah, may, he maybe he may need to fight. Well, he's got. Well, we were talking about that. Whoever wins that one, well, well I mean, who, there's a lot of people in line at 155 right now. What about oh, a yeah, Carter yeah. Beat? What about a Carter Beekman and Josh Miller fight? Josh Miller and Carter Beekman. That'd yeah, be four and one versus go, probably, three and one. Yeah, somebody probably going to uh, going to uh, going to sleep on that one too. I'd, I'd have to say, Josh Miller can. He's got heavy hands too. Yeah, he staggered Logan uh, Logan Neal a couple yeah. times in their fight, and that uh oh yeah, that'd be a good one right there. <laughs> yeah, that'd be oh, a good name dropping too, man. Um, okay, all three panelists correct on Carter Beekman in their picks. That brings us to our bantamweight Muay Thai title fight, man. These guys went full rules, and uh, it was Devin Garden with a uh, a, a, a a very clear cut decision win. Over Jake Phillips, Jake Phillips uh, out of the highest stand camp, coming in undefeated, four and zero with three knockouts. But Devin Garten out of the American Killer B, he's also undefeated. And tell you what, this Garten kid, uh, the hype's real. I uh, it's the first time I've gotten to see him. I've, we've tried to book him a couple times. People kept backing out. This kid is a, you know, he's the size of a professional bantamweight, a big professional bantamweight. You know, tall, rangy, uh, in great shape, a hard hitter, aggressive. And uh, man, he was uh, he was really just very very dominant over a, a very good skilled tough Jake Phillips. But Phillips looked undersized here uh, against Garton, and I've not ever really clocked Phillips to be like a small bantamweight. I think Garton's just a really big skilled bantamweight. He's the real deal. Uh, Justin, you uh, judged this one. Uh, all the judges were uh, pretty one sided on the side of uh, Garton here. Yeah, man, you, you want to talk about the it factor? I think Devin Garton definitely has that. Um, yeah, I think he got a knockdown or two and. Uh, during the knockdowns, he was, you know, motioning like he was putting the belt on his waist to the crowd and, and getting them up and going. And, um, you know, I think that kid's definitely got a bright future. Jake Phillips is, is super tough. Got great Muay Thai, um, you know, was pushing pushing the whole time, trying to get something done. But uh, Devin Garten is just, just an absolute monster. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, over there at American Killer Bees, uh, you know, they, they've, got him, they've got him tuned in real, real nice. Greg, uh, the picks panel, it was Jeff and Mark both going with uh, the known quantity and Jake Phillips. You're the lone person to get it right with Devin Garten. No surprise to you. Uh, like I said before, and, uh, and, and Jeff Hobbs reiterated that Jake Phillips ain't no hole, man. Jake Phillips is a tough son of a bitch, <laughs> man. But, and he, and he, he, he still is. 
and uh, and maybe maybe he thinks of maybe making the drop dropping weight to 125. I don't know what the weight classes are in type. It goes in five pound or ten pound increments. But uh, you do you're right. Devin Devin was a very 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 large 135. I had no idea this was at 135. I just that and and that 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 shocks me because when I when I went to go weigh in, Devin had just it just weighed in. And uh, I seen him sitting there, and he was just shredded. And I've never, I've never, uh, and I've, I've, I've just, I've just, uh, I've done some kickboxing with Devin, and he's, he's really crisp, and he can, he's, he's had openings, and, and I can tell when he, and he can hit me, and when he, when he pulls back and stuff, because you know, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to implement my wrestling or MMA. He's just helping me out, and when that, when I, when I do spar with Devin, he is, he's very crisp, he's very good, and I'll say that um, he did impress me. I didn't think he was going to win in that dominant fashion as he did, but I thought he would edge out a victory. But hands down, Devin Garten did take that uh, take that whole show right there. And uh, uh, hats off, Devin Garten. Up next, a, another anticipated bout featherweights. It was uh, the Russian out of National MMA with a lot of hype behind him. Alexei Pergande uh, taking on uh, Andrew Sturdivant out of Blaylocks, who came in with a more experienced 3-3. Three and three. Sturdivant would be in really good condition, good shape. Uh, but Pergande is the real deal. He was uh, it was back and forth on the feet. Pergande ended up uh, kind of pulling to guard and working to a uh, working to a knee bar that he ended up getting the finish with uh, after a little bit of time on the mat and um, improves the two and zero. And he has uh, already got uh, eyes set on uh, Mr. Josh Lewis in that one forty five strap. It sounds like uh, back to drawing board for Sturdivant. You know he's a back and forth guy, but he's always taking on the toughest competition out there. So props to him. He doesn't take no easy fights. And, uh, you know, every time I've seen him take a loss, he comes back even better. So I know uh, that'll be the case here. Uh, Two really solid prospects here in this one. Greg, your thoughts? I didn't see this fight going via knee bar at all or anything like that. I didn't know how I saw this fight going. I just knew that when Andrew Andrew Sturvey comes to to fight, he's uh, he's, wherever the fight takes, he's usually ready for it. But uh, Alex, man, like, what 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 belt is he? Blue belt? He, He's a blue belt. He, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that his uh, just turned eighteen. I think he just. Uh, I'm sorry. He just turned yeah, eighteen he, a couple months ago. He just turned eighteen. He's a dude. Uh, kid. That's a tall, lanky, uh, very skilled. Uh, very. I'm gonna say that. Um, he's knowledgeable beyond, beyond his years of eighteen. He uh, for him to be able to be that um, composed and stop with uh, somebody like Andrew Sturdivant on you because Andrew Sturdivant makes you, makes you wild, man. He makes you think crazy because you don't know what he's coming with. And for Alex to actually be able to stop, you know, and just compose himself and say, Oh, look, Hey, knee bar. I'm going to just, you know, just, I'm going to slip into this knee. And then like, he just grabs the foot and ankle and just starts cranking and has, uh, has Sturdivant kind of locked down on his hips and he can't into where Sturdivant had, you know, no option, but to either tear his knee or tap. And uh, uh, hats off to Alex for that. And uh, he's got his eyes on that 145 title. Um, there's a lot of guys. I mean, there's a Bradley Brakefield just is coming up through two straight wins right here. Alex has got two straight wins. Uh, I mean, there's there's a bunch of 145s waiting in line for that thing. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, our, our next bout, catch weight, 175 pounds. We had a last-minute replacement. Colton Dunn unable to make it due to some family emergency issues he uh, refers us to the uh, replacement a debut 
Uh, on very short notice, Joseph Williams out of Chilcutts MMA out in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, uh, Mississippi area, steps up on short notice. Props to him. Thank you so much, Joseph Williams, and makes uh, makes the, the trip out there on fight day uh, and takes on a very tough Bad News Bubba Cruz uh, out of the uh, American Killer Bees in Cleveland. And, of course, it was uh, Bubba Cruz with an 11-second vicious knockout. I mean, it was uh, something to behold as he uh, he knocks out Joseph Williams real fast and then declares he's going pro, and we're going to see him real quick. He's uh, turning around here, and, uh, it'll just, and, you know, it'll be three weeks from then, about two weeks from now, as he'll be making his pro debut in Nashville, Valor 65 against uh, Crazy Kyle Lee. Uh, and that's, you know, Kyle Lee was there in attendance and we got to see those guys face off. And I think we're in for a, a really good fight there. Uh, Greg, your thoughts? That fight, yeah, uh, 11 seconds. Bubba Cruz, head kick. I was standing on stage. I just got done getting wrapped and I was waiting to watch the next fight. I did not expect that one to end so soon. Uh, hats off to uh, Bubba Cruz. Um, that place was electric. Whenever that happened, I, I mean, because I was standing on the, I wish I had a picture. I was like on the stage, standing behind everybody. I could see the whole gym, every single person in that whole gym. And I seen it plain as day when his leg went up and kicked, kicked that neck, and he just went right down. And he kind of started to punch, and he's like, ah, you know, I'll back off. So everybody jumped up in there and went crazy. It, that was like a photo, uh, perfect photo moment. I, I wish I would have. It was awesome. Uh, of course, uh, the big big step up now for Bubba Cruz uh, with a quick turnaround now. This will be uh, three fights for him in three months, and uh, now he's making that big leap to the pro ranks. Uh, Justin, you know, uh, definitely uh, he's ready for that, you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. What What's Kyle Lee's record? Uh, Kyle Lee will be a pro debut. It was 4-0 as an amateur and held titles for John Ivey's promotion out there. Okay. He looks solid, man. I mean, you're seeing the two face off. Um it, it looks like it's going to be a, a, a good opponent for Bubba. You know, he's he's a handful, man. He's a, he's just a, a strong 170, crisp, crisp striking. Um, I'm looking forward to, to catching that fight on Flow Combat. Of course, up next, our amateur co-main event. It was Logan Neal taking on Tanner Poe, a fight we were really pumped for. This one is a catchway to 160. Logan Neal uh, just proved a little bit, a little bit more well-rounded. Uh, than Tanner Poe here as he gets a third-round TKO very late. Uh, I think there was only five, ten seconds left in the fight when they stopped this one. But uh, Logan Neal advances to seven and four. That's four in a row for him, and he pr- announces he's going pro uh, also after that fight. So, uh, you know, heads up for Tanner Poe. You know, tough fight, uh, stepping up against a guy with some more experience than him. Uh, still fought admirably, and I'm, I'm hoping he, uh, he you know, it's a quick turnaround as well because he's a prospect I'm high on. Logan Neal, uh, congrats, man. And, uh, man, that momentum continues to roll and uh, right on into his professional debut. So uh, a very, one of the most impro- – like when we do year-end awards, Logan Neal is going to be on the board for most improved, uh, in my opinion, for sure. Uh, Greg, your thoughts? Yeah, that was the one the one pick of the night that uh, had me worried because Tanner Poe, uh, uh, if you don't protect that chin – and if you ain't quick enough to get out of the way, you're gonna you're gonna uh, you're gonna be seeing the gym room lights with Saudi Daisy that night. And uh, uh, Logan went over his game plan and everything. And if you watch the fight, there's a lot of good little camera angles of uh, Logan Neal pulling some Matrix shit out there and just barely yeah. miss missing these shots by you're talking just a hair. Like Tanner's throwing a one, two, a three, and then a, a, a round kick, his head <laughs> missing, throwing a spinning back kick and and uh, 
and and you know i think the experience for logan really paid off a great deal in this fight and uh the fact that i think logan did make it come to a fit. i mean i thought logan had the fight secure because i'm not sure but i think they stopped giving out the um I think that the I think that they stopped saying the scores in the corners by this point because I don't remember hearing them saying who had won what round uh, in between. I think they just forgot to do it. There was so much excitement going on, but I was kind of you know glad that Logan was able to stop the fight because I wasn't sure how the fight was going to be judged because Logan did a lot of uh, counter striking and was still connecting, but yeah, he was still counter striking because that's the kind of fighter Logan is. And uh, Tanner was pushing the pace the whole time, and uh, but Logan was, was able to secure, you know, multiple takedowns. And I think that right there, whenever he was in control of Tanner, uh, I think his ground game is what won it for him right there. But uh, even standing up, it was kind of a, you know, Logan Neal show too, because uh, Tanner Poe was missing so many shots and punching air, and Logan was able to get away. But uh, I don't know that like if uh, if you didn't have the Jordan Lewis. And Tyler fought in there, and uh, I think that Logan Neal and Tanner Poe both deserved, uh, you know, something that night because that was a uh, uh, by both guys great performance, and the whole crowd was dialed in. And you had like Tanner Poe's whole family over there on one side, and you know the fight ended right there in the, the Blaylock's corner, and uh, it's just a spectacular performance by Logan Neal. And yeah, I agree. If uh, if, he, if there's a award up for most improved fighter of the year, Logan Neal, uh, I hands down. Don't know who, you know, don't know who can compete with him there with four wins. To catch us up on our picks, all three panelists had uh, Pergande. All three panelists had Cruz. It was Greg and Jeff taking Logan Neal, Mark missing them uh, with uh, Tanner Poe. Uh, bringing us to our amateur main event for the Featherweight Championship. It was uh, Rambo Joe Long defending the strap against Josh Lewis out of Highestan in Georgia. And uh, both guys coming in undefeated, 6-0 for Joe Long, 1-0 for Josh Lewis. But if you listen to the podcast last week, you know, we we, we hyped up some Josh Lewis because he he's much more than that 1-0 record uh, will tell you with a decorated uh, wrestling background and uh, kickboxing background as well. And, man, this one was over before it started. Uh, if Josh Lewis comes in, gets a big slam. One of the very first punches to connect is, is flush uh, to Joe Long, whose head was kind of like flat on the canvas. There was no give, you know, he's just a boom. And, uh, and he was pretty much out at that point. Uh, and they, he took some more shots after that, ended up being stopped in 24 seconds. And so I don't think anybody expected it to go like that. Uh, you know, obviously I, I knew that Josh Lewis was certainly, uh, a, a live dog, if you will, uh, in this, in this fight, but a 24 second finish, uh, certainly shocking, uh, heads up to Joe Long, of course, that these things happen. I know that he, uh, is going to be back, and there's already talk about these guys maybe rematching for Joe Long's 155 title because Long held both the 45 and the 55. Now Josh Lewis, 2-0, and holds that 145 strap. Very dominant performance from Josh Lewis. Certainly impressive. Uh, your thoughts, Justin? And uh, I don't know how you could uh, deny him the shot at the 155 belt after a performance like that. You know, I knew that the wrestling was going to be a major factor in this fight. Um, you know, I thought, obviously, Joe Long, his stand-up is phenomenal and um the height differential and the reach differential i thought was going to play a, a big factor i thought he would be able to keep lewis at range and you know keep him from from being able to, being able to get those takedowns as easily but um you know he locked up that very first one got the slam and and just threw some hard hard ground and pound and um man that was it was a a big big win um but like you said man Keep your head up, Joe. He's he's got a huge future ahead of him, and uh, 
Uh, I, I look forward to seeing this fight again. It doesn't go that way, uh, you know, every time. These guys fight 10 times, and you're going to get a different result every time. So uh, I'd love to see that fight run back at 55. Uh, the panelists, it was both Greg and Mark uh, taking Joe Long. They missed on that. Jeff Hobbs, the lone person to take Josh Lewis. Uh, Greg, your thoughts here? Are you surprised or just kind of not really surprised? Or the way I just, I mean, people that, that know these guys knew that Josh Lewis, I mean, he's a tough, tough motherfucker. Well, I, I you know, I went and I, I got just sparring with Joe Long about three weeks ago. You know, we were both getting ready for our fight or anything, and uh, he had touched base on Josh uh, Lewis's. You know, game, and I had mentioned to him, I said, the thing you're going to worry the most about is explosiveness, explosiveness, and explosiveness. I said, because he's going to come as hard as he can right at the beginning, and he's going to catch you off guard. That's what he's going to try to do. So keep your distance and do what you need to do. You know, that's what you're going to have to do, you know? And uh, Josh got up against the cage, and he there was no distance. Like, he just completely shattered that whole game plan and uh, just bear-hugged. Joe and was able to get him down on the ground, and as soon as he did, cracked. I was like, "Damn, that was that was absolutely brutal." Um, and just, and and it's funny that Justin Justin mentioned uh, that if you those guys fought ten times, that that it happens different. And I I uh, I agree. I think that uh, at fifty five, uh, that was a really big cut for Joe Long. That was a big cut for Josh Lewis. You know, I, but you can't deny Josh Lewis a shot at the strap right now at 55 with a spectacular performance like that. But I will say that at 155, I don't think you see that same, that same, uh, same outcome of an, of a KO and, you know, in less than, less than 30 seconds. That was, um, as a spectacular performance by Josh Lewis and hats off to him. Uh, we knew coming into this fight that he was, he was a tough son of a gun, but with, with Joe Long being the, the champ champ six and oh, and I think he's 11 and one, you know, Muay Thai kickboxing. So I, uh, you know, I had to go with Joe Long, but I did, I did know that Josh Lewis, he wasn't nothing to play with. Like he's nothing to play with. He's not like all the Lewis brothers. You know, they're they're mean, they're tough. You know, they, you know, they didn't have the best upbringing in the world. These guys grew up roughing it. So when, uh, when you're gonna fight them, you best pack your like, pack your lunch <laughs> pail and hit them with it because, uh, because they're coming with everything they got. And, of course, we're going to see uh, the third Lewis brother, David, here in just a couple weeks at Valor 65 in Nashville. He'll be taking on Tyler Nyquil Edwards in a fight that I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, so we'll be talking about that in the weeks to come. Uh, moving on to the professional side of the card, it was professional combat jujitsu, some slap grappling, as I affectionately call it. And we, this was like our, uh, you know, this is a, this was a fun one. It was a, a an open weight contest, if you will. Uh, Big Isaac Fine coming in about 235 pounds out of KMAA. Uh, Brown Belt, very skilled, one of the main training partners for Ovin St. Prue, uh, coming into Chattanooga to take on the hometown guy Elijah Carlton, who is uh, but a wee 173 pounds and. Uh, but uh, very, very skilled. This is one of those, uh, the panelists were split. Both Greg and Mark um, took, uh, took Elijah Carlton. Mark took Isaac Fine. And uh, the size differential in these two was, I mean, it was something to behold. But tell you what, Elijah Carlton was everything that was advertised. He, uh, he got the triangle submission over the big guy, Isaac Fine. And uh, kind of one of those I told you so moments, you know, and it's one of those things where I, I wasn't really so much shocked as I was just impressed. Like he did what he said he was going to do. So I uh, made a fan out of me, Mr. Elijah Carlton, and he has made an open chat. He essentially said, hey, 
I want to be I want to be the combat jujitsu open weight champion, baddest motherfucker holder, uh, title holder for for Valor. Bring me anybody and everybody, UFC fighters, whoever, and he will he will submit them. And uh, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, no no need for a judge in this one, of course, Justin. But uh, what was your take on it? Before I get to that, did something change with the Dick Lewis fight? I thought he was fighting Nathan Lindsay. Sorry, man, I just dropped my microphone. What's that? Yeah, no, no. Change with that David Lewis fight. I thought he was fighting Dave or Nathan Lindsay. No, no, no. They were just both hyping their fight. Nathan Lindsay's fighting Jeremy Rogers, and uh, Tyler Edwards is fighting uh, uh, Lewis. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. I was wondering why they didn't face off. Also, yeah, the other in uh, separate fights. Gotcha. Yeah, man, I was down the road. Super, I was super, super impressed with Elijah Carlton. What uh, do you know? What his rank is in jujitsu? I think he's a purple, isn't he, Greg? No, he's a brown belt right now. Brown. Is he? Okay. They were both brown. Yeah, I knew Isaac was a brown belt, man. Isaac's been around forever. Um, you know, and Isaac's super nasty off of his back. Um, you know, I think well, he I saved. don't know. Elijah may be a purple. He might be. I know his, I think his brothers, I think they both might be. I don't know. I'm sorry. They may be brown belts. I apologize for interrupting. I'm not sure. <laughs> don't quote me on that. Oh, good. Um, but yeah, I mean, super impressed. You know, I think that Isaac thought that, that the, the size, you know, was going to be in his favor and, um, that he was going to be able to control it from the top. And uh, the guard retention of Carlton was spectacular. And then the speed in which he threw up that triangle was nuts, man. And to, to catch Isaac in a triangle is not, uh, is no easy task. Um, and, and especially when he's 60 pounds heavier than you. And, um, you know, I, man, I want to see, I want to see Elijah Carlton fight fucking everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's willing to Greg, you're not surprised. No, I'm not surprised at all. As a matter of fact, I love rolling with Eli, and I hate rolling with Eli because Eli is—he's like so good on the ground, and he's so—he's been doing it since he was a little, like I think he's like 12 or 13, and it's just something he's been really passionate about. In case you can't tell, he's a—he's absolutely full of uh, electricity. He's exciting. He's uh, a—he's a—he's a fan favorite. He's a Chattanooga favorite. He—he's uh, fun. He's fun to be around, and he's fun to have. And uh, I'm glad I'm glad I'm on his side because <laughs> uh, uh, that dude knows how to hurt people. Uh, like it, like he could he could end in people's careers and injuries. Like he's just he's that skilled, and uh, he talks a lot of shit, but he backs it up too, and he does. And he'll he'll tell you to your face. And and and, and I can say this just as in and and I've seen I've seen Elijah uh, you know lose too before, but he is just as a humble defeat and. Uh, and he never takes a loss in a negative way. He always takes his learning experience, and the next day he's in there uh, rolling around again. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised who he calls out from here on out. I mean, because a lot of people counted him out in that fight, and he was excited to prove him wrong. And, and like I was saying, there's, it's, the ceiling's not there right now for him. So he's going to be calling out a lot of names here. Man, you know, another thing about Elijah Carlton is how unassuming he is. Like, you know, just, just seeing him walk around and, and his personality and stuff, you just – the little bit that I got to see of him, you know, leading up to the fight, he just didn't, he looked to me like he was just, you know, a jokester and, uh, you know, I don't know, just didn't, didn't seem like, like a killer man, but Jesus, he's, uh, Bro, just, he'll take your neck like, off. Four months ago, he had like a, he had a beard down to his chest and long hair. He <laughs> just, uh, he's just, he's just a, a laid back guy. He's just a real cool, friendly, uh, 
I help you do anything kind of easy. He's awesome. He really is a good dude. And uh, he's, he's funny. Shit. And he cut his hair off and he looks a little cleaner now. So, like, it's funny that you mentioned that, seeing him walking. He's, yeah, he's walking around with his backpack on and just like, you know, happy-go-lucky, whatever. I asked him if he made weight because I wasn't paying attention. I was worried about my weight. He goes, I don't have to fucking make weight, Greg. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, you're, you're gold, Isaac. I forgot about that. Yeah, when they walked in there, uh, I didn't know that it was open weight. And, and I was like, Jesus, Tim, what's the size difference? Here. like i know how big i know how big isaac is you know and um but god he was he didn't didn't back down a, a, an inch i think it'll be exciting to, to see some of the matchups that we can come up with him uh for him over over the course of the the coming shows because he yeah he's got to take on anybody man and well, you know he showed yeah. that it, it can be an exciting uh an exciting contest it's not necessarily just going to be a couple guys just you know stalling out and kind of killing the crowd right you know, he said he'd bring his own belt if uh, if they weren't gonna get if if they were never nobody was ever gonna make him one of the the Brazilian uh, you know the jiu-jitsu slap champion uh, open baddest motherfucker. He said if nobody makes one, he said he didn't give a shit. He'll go to Walmart and buy one of the WWE belts and bring it in, and he'll uh, <laughs> and he'll carry it to the damn cage and hold it up after it. He wants somebody to put it on him and like. <laughs> That's awesome. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna talk Eric into doing an, an open weight baddest motherfucker open challenge belt. That would be, be uh, cool. that would be a lot of fun. Uh, it it could be something where we where we bring him in every show and he'll just take on whoever wants to step up and try to take it. Anybody? It'd be hard like to find anybody willing like, to do it. Shoot <laughs> yeah. like shoot jujitsu matches. Can you do that? Like open just like. Yeah, I'm pretty that? positive that we can do about anything we want in those in those kind of circumstances. Uh, awesome. As long as they sign That's a waiver, awesome. you never know what you'll get at the Joe. <laughs> That's true. That'd be awesome. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah, get behind you, you, that. The I'll absolute buy. division. The, you can you can do anything in the absolute division jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Moving on to our pro MMA in. portion, our very own Greg Hopkins kicked the night off with a first round TKO win to move to two and zero, as we mentioned earlier, over Real Steel Roy Sanders. Uh, Greg with a quick takedown and uh, an advanced amount, uh, finished him off with strikes, and uh, referee Chris Bond steps in about a minute and fifteen seconds in, give or take. Um, uh, so a nice dominant performance by Greg. Hopefully we will see a quick turnaround from you, my man. Uh, Roy wasn't real happy with the stoppage. Uh, I think that he, uh, kind of prides himself on taking a little, a little bit more of an ass whipping than he got here. Uh, but, uh, you know, Chris Bond looking out for fighter safety as always, didn't think that Roy was going to improve his position from where it was at. And, uh, it is what it is. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on your fight. Yeah, man. Me and Roy were actually back there chit-chatting after the fight and everything. Uh, he asked me what I thought of it straight up. Just I said, "Well, I, I, I told him I was like, if I were you, I would I would be upset with the with the stoppage. But I said, with that being said, I wasn't going to quit hitting. Like I wasn't going to stop. So it was just going to get worse now and now. And so and you know Jimmy had just Jimmy Neely had walked in. So you know Chris Bond wasn't there. So we just asked Jimmy, "Hey, what do you think?" And Jimmy was real professional. He was like. Uh, and he told him, he was like, you know, first off, I'm going to protect my referee and tell you guys that, um, Roy, you weren't you weren't advancing from that position. You were not making an advancement. You may have been holding your hands up, but just about every shot was sliding through and was connecting. It might have looked like you were blocking, but you weren't. And when Greg started throwing the couple elbows, you know, you weren't defending those either. So, you know, Chris jumped in. Do I think he did it early? Yes, I think he may maybe could have let you take a little bit more damage, but with that being said, you weren't making no advancement and you weren't coming out from that that position. So if you were going to, you would have done it when you had your feet on the cage and you got moved and you had nowhere to go. So 
he goes, I, and you know, Jimmy even he goes, I agree with this decision, you know, but I would have let it go on a little longer. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the same thing. I think it got stopped a little early, but I wasn't going to stop punching and uh, or elbowing anything. I wanted to get the finish right there in front of my home crowd. And uh, I will say that the heat did definitely affect uh, me and my fight because whenever I locked up with him, I was sweaty. And when I went to throw him, my, my overhook slid and he, you know, landed on top of me, really my throw. But, you know, I was, you know, grateful enough with my wrestling. I was able to, you know, readjust and roll through, you know, because I was trying to do a lateral, but I slipped and that's why. So I just uh, make sure I'm a lot more, not press sprinting so damn much next time. But, uh, and, uh, but hats off to Roy for taking that fight and coming there and fighting me in front of my hometown, man. Uh, super cool guy. Really is. Well, you know, uh, Chris Bond is a is a, a newer referee. He's, he's been getting a lot of action here as of late and definitely coming along well. Uh, had been under scrutiny for a few of his stoppages over a few of the shows up until uh, this past one. But honestly, uh, pretty good performance by Chris overall, I think. If this mm-hmm. is the only only time we're bringing his name up, then I think he's, uh, he's definitely uh, in the clear. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, ever since that one fight with Dakota Luna and, uh, and Tank, I think that really, really got to Chris, you know, and that was a big, big experience for him because, uh, you know, Dakota was down for a while and Chris and I, and, I, and that came to mind too, because uh, Chris didn't get up or I mean, Luna didn't get up for like, you know, three or four minutes and he was bleeding from the ear. So he, you know, Chris is going to be on top of a damn fight. And if he sees people getting elbowed and thrashed and it looks bad, I, I you know, I, like I said, I don't disagree with the stoppage. It might've been a little early, but still uh, uh, it's better safe than sorry. Period. Moving on to the co-main event, it was the return of Ian Stevens, former Ultimate Fighter contestant, 4-0, comes into this one undefeated and uh, off a, a five-year hiatus, but uh, didn't look like he missed a beat as he gets the first round rear naked choke submission over Blood Axe Eric Olsen, uh, one of my favorite characters on the scene, uh, and I love that sequin vest he came out in. That was uh, too too hot, but uh, ultimately he wasn't able to uh, stop the takedown. Ian, um, you know, slipped a sh- uh, the initial shot from Eric, got underneath, got the takedown. Uh, looked like for a moment Eric was going to explode out, but as, um, immediately Ian grabbed his back Got that rear naked choke about a minute and 12 seconds in and uh, improves to 5-0. and oh. We'll uh, see Blood Axe back down here, I'm sure. But uh, definitely a resurgent uh, uh, a p- a performance for uh, Ian uh, Stevens, a guy who, you know, two or three wins, and you're probably going to see this guy on the big stage. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on uh, the comeback performance from Ian Stevens? Uh, first off, I do hope that we get Eric back. Again, somebody who's, who's going to stand up and, and fight with him a little bit. You know, I was – was hoping that, that they would exchange a little bit more in the stand-up, but, uh, you know, obviously we knew that um, Ian Stevens is a decorated wrestler and, you know, it's his bread and butter. There's no reason to take shots when you don't have to and um, no reason to stay in there any longer than you have to either. You know, you're not getting paid by the hour. So, um, you know, Eric Olson, he, he fought hard to try to stay out of submissions and, and you know, try to get it up. But, um, you know, there's just there's just levels to it. And uh, Ian is, in, is on a totally different, level um grappling than, than eric olsen is but um you know i hope we get to see him come back and fight you know the second time we've seen him down here and uh, haven't really gotten to see him do anything um the first fight you know ended in a, with a broken toe and uh you know and this one this one didn't last long either so um hopefully uh, he can get back in here and and hopefully ian stevens can keeps going you know uh, getting a big win in, in front of his home crowd and um you know hopefully he can he can 
get the get some hunger back in him and and try to make another run for it. Greg, your thoughts on the uh, return of Ian Stevens and, uh, you know, uh, maybe any thoughts on some uh, future opponents for either one of these guys? I, I like, I'm a fan, I'm a fan of Blood Axe, man. He's a, he really is, he's a hoot, man. I like being around him. I got to be backstage uh, with him before the fight and talk to him or anything. And he's just, he's just cool as cucumber chilling in the back. And, uh, uh, I, yeah, I saw his vest thing back there when I was getting ready. I was like, what the hell is that? That thing's badass. And uh, I didn't know who was wearing that thing coming out. And then it was some people had some other. He had some other stuff in there that I ain't never seen. Uh, <laughs> uh, sure. I, 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 yeah, I mean it was it was pretty cool. It was uh it was like I was like Ric Flair stuff. He had like he had like all kinds of shit. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the wrestling in the ground game for me and was just on you know head and shoulders on another level. And uh, I thought that we might get to see Ian stand up a little bit. But you know Ian Ian Ian's gonna do what Ian does. He uh. He comes out there. He puts on his show. He does what he does what he says he's gonna do, and uh, you shouldn't expect no less as far as that goes. And he, uh, you know, dominated Eric to the ground and uh, took his back and you know choked him out and uh, got up. And I couldn't hear what Eric was saying at the end, but I know he always pays a lot of respect to his opponent just for stepping in the ring with him. But it basically probably gathered from what he said is from the mumble I heard was like, you know, hey, this guy's a, a mother. You know, he's he's real good and this that and other thing. And you know, you guys, you know. One of the toughest guys I've ever fought before. I can feel a difference. I'm not really sure what he said, but uh, I potential opponents for Ian Stevens. He said he'd fight anybody at any weight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I know a couple of guys. Uh, I don't think he can make 135 uh, or anything like that. But there's some real <laughs> tough guys at that. No, but for real though, it's 205 and beyond. Uh, 185. He's a large cat right now. I don't. I mean, is he going? Uh, he's fought he's fought as low as seventy before, you know. I know he's had to IV up after the fight after that, but he uh he's made it on he's made it to one seventy years ago. I don't know if he ever sees that again, but one eighty five would still be a stretch for him because he's he's a large cat. Uh, Two hundred five. Who? I, I believe when I believe the way he's talking, he he prefer one eighty five next, but one eighty five to two hundred five. I'm not even sure who he. I mean who who. I mean, how John Hall at two hundred five? Would he was is that one? Yeah, I mean, welcome to my nightmare, man. That's uh, that's pretty much where I'm at with it, bro. Like, no, nah, I don't think John. I mean, John Hall at zero and two, you know, doesn't look very good for anybody, uh, you know. And it's just yeah. a really bad style matchup for for John, really. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was hoping you would. Uh, <laughs> you have some ideas. I didn't, but uh, I yeah, mean, I've we can kind of in we that same little limbo, man. It's a that's a tough one. I put. I know we can call some uh, some of our friends down at American Top Team, and I'm sure down you know somebody from maybe Coconut Creek down down there uh, down there with Joab Torch's team maybe maybe will step up. Maybe they can find somebody down there, uh, you know, because I mean if Ian can get that one win that uh, catches uh, the UFC's eyes, they're you know it's going to be hard to deny Ian a six and zero fighter, uh, and especially he is uh, uh, you know at least a shot. You know, at, at a contender series, you know, give him another shot at something. Both, uh, or I'm sorry, all three panelists correct on Greg Hopkins. All three panelists correct on Ian Stevens. That brought us to the main event. Man, it did. It didn't disappoint. This is one that was. Uh, I didn't necessarily expect it to see a decision, but I man, it was. These guys really brought it. Billy Swanson, big sexy, defending his home turf of Saudi Daisy. I mean, this guy is is a staple of the Saudi Daisy community and the wrestling program there. Taking on El Jefe, Terrence Hodges. A guy from American Top Team in Atlanta, professional football player. I mean, 
this guy's put together. You know, he was, uh, I mean, he looked just as big, if not bigger than Billy and was giving up probably 30 pounds to Billy. Very athletic, very quick, hard hitter. And uh, this fight was back and forth, man. It was one round apiece uh, going into that third round. Billy was able to gain the takedowns there at the end and kind of just, uh, you know, control position. Uh, well, uh, Terrence wasn't able to get up. And that was pretty much the difference in the fight because Terrence landed some hellacious shots on Billy. Billy showed a great chin, uh, was able to, to, you know, eat him, absorb him. And, uh, and both guys were, you know, running on fumes in that third round. But it may have been that Saudi crowd that made the difference, folks. Honestly, like, you know, just when you thought that, like, yeah, there was one point in the second round where I thought Terrence may finish. I mean, he was really starting to pour it on. And, you know, Billy was down and, uh, you know, the crowd starts chanting, Billy, Billy. And this motherfucker sat up like the Undertaker. Like it was uh, it was like it was straight out of WWF, man. It was something else. And like there was another moment I felt like in the third round where the crowd just kind of willed him through it. And so uh, maybe I'm off base here, but it really felt to me like that crowd like kind of gave him that extra oomph. Like like Hobbs said last week, Billy Swanson ain't going to lose in the round gym. <laughs> you know, he's going to figure out man. a way. But, man, Terrence gave him everything he wanted. He wants the rematch. I think the crowd would love to see a rematch. Uh, Terrence fought great, you know, uh, much better than his record shows and a, a great professional to deal with, very talented fighter. Uh, but, but let's see. Let's go to uh, let's go to Justin first, man. You you scored this fight. It was unanimous decision. I'm assuming most all the judges had it, 29-28. Yeah, going into the third round, it was even. You know, it was uh, whoever won that round, and, you know, Billy knew he had to he – had put his wrestling game hat on and uh, it's exactly what he did to get the win. You know, Terrence Hodges definitely impressed me coming out as a big dude. And, um, you know, when he first came into the cage, he ran around the cage and jumped off and almost like a showtime kick right in front of me. And like his foot was literally three inches from my face. And I just knew that the cage was coming down on me. Um, but then he's throwing flying knees in the fight and yeah. you know, head kicks, Billy's throwing head kicks, you know, it's two big guys really, um, showing their athleticism in there. And, um, you know, it was a fun fight. And like you said, the crowd getting behind Billy, man, that was, that was something else. You know, it's, uh, something you don't, you don't get to witness very often. Um, that many people chanting one, one guy's name, um, and, you know, to see it to the big show and, you know, they were, they were totally behind Billy and without that, you know, could have definitely gone the other way. So, uh, I'd like to see a rematch somewhere, you know, where Billy might not have the home crowd in his in his favor. Absolutely, Justin. You're, I'm sorry, uh, Greg. Your take. Uh, and there ain't a whole lot of fights that I can watch to where I get emotionally involved. But uh, you know, we get to train with Billy, get to roll with Billy, and everything. And uh, it's hard to watch. You know, your boy take them shots because Hodges, God, he hit. He was, and those were some smacks. And like you said, the flying knees. Uh, the athleticism and when he was in when Billy had him mounted, he was able to like, you know, thrust up and pop Billy up. Billy's two hundred what was he, two hundred and thirty sixty two pounds? Well that was on, on the day before he was. And he was able to to to, to, to thrust Billy off of him like that. So you got it tells you how much power Terrence Hodges has and just the when and Billy was eating those shots, but yeah, if uh, all the heat in that gym, I think Billy just absorbed it. And just kind of used his energy. And when they started chanting Billy, like you said, he raised it like the underwear Undertaker. And he did that like little roll through and he ended up on top in the second round. That, that was, exploded. that was freaking, that, oh man, that was crazy. Uh, you had, uh, 
you had people there was I, they had the there was a lot of problems with security at the moment at the time when all this was going on because uh people were getting pissed security guards were telling them to scoot back and stuff and the the yeah, when everybody started chanting Billy, you saw a differential in the in the third round coming out, and Billy took him down. Uh, Billy, at that point, was like, I mean, both guys were exhausted. I mean, in that heat, the two biggest guys of the night. Yeah, they're so sweaty. Taking, taking, you know, holding taking, positions got to be so hard. Oh, uh, taking this, taking the the longest and most gruelest fight with both guys taking shots from one after another, and uh, so he basically just trying to lay on Hodges and, like, Saturday night ride him and just make him as com- uncomfortable as possible and just putting his this whole body on his face and suffocating him and trying to come up with elbows and answer with this and that. But Hodges wasn't backing down. Uh, fight a, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a great fight, and the crowd was involved. Uh, it, but, yeah, Billy taking that third round just tore, tore, tore the whole house down, man. And you want to talk – I don't know. I walked away whenever Billy was laying down after the fight. I came back and he was in, he was still laying down over there on the on the floor, just uh, just smiling, you know, just uh, just emotional as I'll get out. He finally got up and uh, I was able to give him a hug, man. And uh, then we all went to sweet Melissa's after him playing darts and dude, just talk about a good night overall at Saudi Days. Yeah, I had a I had a real good night, fun time. Absolutely, man. Uh, we'll do biggest winner, biggest loser, and that'll wrap us up, guys. Uh, this is a hard one. There's a lot of big winners, and there's really, I mean, there's really not a lot of bad losers, to tell you the truth. So this is a tough one to pick. Uh, for me, I'm going to take the obvious one and make you guys uh, have to work a little bit. Big Sexy with a big win. Uh, coming off a loss, you know, uh, he, he had lost his last one in January. This is a must-win fight, I think, for him uh, in his hometown, in his home gym, uh, a show that uh, was very important to him and um, a fight that was very important to him. Uh, reaches down, digs deep in, a, in, in the face of adversity, gets the win, and uh, I got to go with Big Sexy as my biggest winner. Biggest winner for you, Justin. Biggest winner for me is going to be Logan Neal, you know, fighting another hometown guy who was coming to take his head off um, and, you know, having in mind that he wanted to go pro after this, you know, but, you know, obviously you need to, need to get that win. If you're gonna if you're gonna make that announcement, so um, I, I give mine to Logan Neal. Hey Greg, I have to give mine. I got a teeter top between Josh Lewis and Elijah Carlton because Josh Lewis had a I mean a dominant performance over one week, seen lose yet in Joe Long, but I got to give this to Elijah Carlton because he came in 60 pound under. He did what he said he was gonna do. Biggest winner tonight right there because he has opened up so many doors for so many people out there who have always wanted to get to this stage and do something with Valor and never had the opportunity. And him and Isaac Fine have just uh, basically uh, uh, been trailblazers for this opportunity. And I'm excited to see what happens with this. Yeah, man. I've been talking to Elijah a lot here in the past few days. He's got me thinking quintuplet uh, and all that shit. So, like, who knows where we go with this stuff? I think it'd be a lot right. of fun. Biggest loser. This isn't fun. Uh, for me – I'm going to take the cheap way out here, and I want to say Eric Jones. Uh, you know, he was compa- preparing for a completely different guy. Uh, the guy no-shows him. He ends up taking a last-minute opponent, uh, a very tough guy, uh, and uh, it was just an onslaught. He wasn't uh, wasn't able to withstand there, uh, you know, on, the, on a home show. Uh, first guy to lead off for his team, uh, you know, so I hate it for him that it, uh, that it shook out that way for him. Uh, Greg? Oh man, I wish he was going to Justin first. <laughs> uh, 
Let's see. You may take it. I'll take it. Yeah, go ahead, Justin. Yeah, go ahead. Go. <laughs> Make it easier for me. I'm going to steal Joe Long, man. Uh, you yeah. know, six and zero. Oh, you know, you're you're hands down. Uh, you know, everybody thinks you're going to win this fight, um, and and then you get get dominated like that, man. And it's it's tough. Um, but you know, losses like that make uh make make you better. So he'll be back stronger, I'm sure. But um, I think that that loss is probably harder on him than, than anybody else for the night. Sure. Yeah, I can, I can dig it. Greg. Still trying to decide if I have to make a quick choice, I'm going to have to go with Terrence Hodges, not because he lost in a close fight because that fight, that was a damn hell of a fight. But the fact that he took so many tough opponents, his whole professional career, and uh, he's now two and six, it's going to be hard for people to want to book a tough guy like that. Right. You know? But uh, it starts becoming like, yeah, is I mean, the juice worth the squeeze? Do I want to fight this motherfucker? He's two, and then he's only it's only two and six. If I beat him, you know. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like that's a real deceptive two and six. I promise you that. Oh, yeah, exactly. And also to recap our our picks, uh, Mark uh, picks Hefe uh, Hodges. He's the lone dissenter as Greg and Hobbs take uh, Billy Swanson, and it is a gonna lock it down. For uh, Greg on the quarter as he finishes 15 and two, Jeff Hobbs with a good night too, actually 14 and three, and Mark 10 and seven. That brings our final standings. Greg with 45 and 10, uh, Jeff Hobbs edges out second place at 38 and 17, and Mark Laws bringing up the rear at 37 and 18, one behind there, uh, old Jeff Hobbs, and it's going to be Greg Hopkins taking the crown once again for this quarter. One quarter to go. We'll start off anew with this uh, big Nashville card here coming up and uh, wrap it up with the uh, All-Pro Show November 1st and then the All-Amateur Show uh, December the 13th. All right. That'll wrap up our uh, recap and reactions of Valor 64. It was a hell of a night. And, uh, man, we got a quick turnaround, guys. Uh, here about two weeks now. We have got Valor 65 coming up. Nashville, Tennessee is going to be the uh, professional lightweight championship for Valor on the line in the main event. Ruthless David Robbins taking on C4. Charlie Alexander is going to be that and a whole lot freaking more. We're going to start covering all that next week. I guess we're going to have to get some guests lined up to talk about this bad boy. Uh, we will also uh, start announcing some fights for the All-Pro Show November the 1st. That's Valor 66. We're returning to our home base, the mothership, the Joe, the Cotton Eye Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee. So uh, maybe we'll see old Greg Hopkins back in action uh, by that time. Maybe we'll have some news on that front next week. Uh, till then, thanks so much to my panelists and my uh, and my co-hosts, uh, Justin Watson and uh, Greg Hopkins. Uh, we appreciate you spending the time with us tonight. Make sure you subscribe wherever you watch or, sorry, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, and make sure to share and spread the word. Let's keep this thing growing. Till next week, I'm your host, Tim Loy, signing off. Valor Hour, we are out.